Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is May Yap. May is the Chief Information Officer of Jabil, a $33.5 billion revenue company that is a global manufacturing solutions provider. She's been the CIO of the company for eight and a half years, quite a long tenure. And though the company's headquartered in St. Petersburg, Florida, she's based in Singapore. She spends considerable time at the company's headquarters, but she leads a truly global team with tech centers around the world. She's led a remarkable modernization and transformation across her tenure, and I look forward to learning more about that journey through this conversation. May, welcome to Technovation. It's great to see you today. Hey, very good. Good morning, Peter. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for asking. And now for a word from our partner, Quantify, and the company's co-founder and president, Asif Hassan. Asif, what do you see as differentiating factors between those companies that successfully harness the power of AI and those that don't? Sure. So, Peter, in the last 10 years, uh, we've done over 2,500 AI projects across over 350 customers in nine industries. And we see a few common patterns in the ones who have got it right. So the first factor is culture. The most successful organizations foster a culture of curiosity and experimentation. Second is the presence of a champion, someone who's a true believer in the power of AI and is willing to let the team experiment, fail, learn, and evolve. Third, of course, the technology and talent enablement plays a big role. And the last, but definitely not the least, these businesses have thought about the human aspect of the work that they are going to do with AI. And when the confluence of these factors has happened, we have seen magic happen, and these customer relationships have grown bigger and faster than what we would have ever imagined. And now on to the interview. And why don't we begin that discussion with Jabil itself, uh, a company you've been a part of uh, for for a number of years, as noted. Um, I, it'll be a, a familiar uh, company to some, but for others who are listening and watching, maybe less so. Take a moment, if you would, and describe the business you're in. Sure, Peter. Happy to do that, right? So Jabil is basically a $33.5 billion global manufacturing solution provider. So we are headquartered in St. Petersburg, Florida. So the company operates out of 30 countries across 100 different locations with 250,000 employees worldwide. So Jaber Vision is to be the most technologically advanced manufacturing solution provider in the world. So it's a big vision and we are striving very hard and, and quite well and efficiently to actually achieve that target. So we operate in diverse markets ranging from consumer devices, smart home and appliances, automotive and transportation, networking, telecommunication, cloud, compute and storage, healthcare packaging, and digital print, retail, and a lot more, right? So basically 450 customers in our portfolio. So, you know, Peter, likely Jaber made a product that you're holding on your hand right now, or in your home, in the office, or even in the community that you live in, right? So be it wind turbine, or solar panel. So that's something that we do in Jaber. Quite a diverse array of businesses. Thank you for that overview. Uh, and, and of course, you are the chief information officer, a role you've had for eight and a half years. Describe your role, if you would. Yeah, definitely. So my role is like what you said, We um, I've been a CIO, right? So for me, CIO is something that is truly, truly interesting. We are in the most powerful seat today to actually bridge digitalization to business strategy. So for me, the number one mandate for IT is we are the glue. We are the enabler for the business. And to do so, I actually see my role in four different areas. As a strategist, as a catalyst, as a technologist, as an operator. So I, you know, very interestingly, when we think about it in that perspective, there are quite a few things 
that the role of a CIO today that I play in, right? So like what I mentioned, we talk about strategies. I'm actually helping in the overall digital transformation for the company, helping the company actually look at how we can actually do things better, faster, more efficient, and actually meet our customer requirements, right? So very much I'm involved in the business of meeting the customers, of meeting our suppliers to actually see how we can actually do it and actually collaborating with them to do it. And then as an operator, I need to make sure that on a day-to-day -day basis, the operation of IT is actually well-performance and feed the need for everybody, right? So we all know that cyber is actually a big thing. So I have my most important responsibility to also safeguard the company assets. And that's a very big part of me as a technologist, right? So that's the most interesting part, the innovations that I, can, I need to bring into the company. Right, with everybody talking about AI, ML, digital factory, and digitalization industry 4.0. So all these are part and parcel of what I do every day. Catalyst, change agent, change management. So it's interesting that I don't see myself just as a CIO. I see myself as somebody who actually work with the business, look at the business processes. I don't profess, I know all their business processes, but I want to be part of them to actually help see, you know, what are the things that you can actually help streamline and make it better in the processes. And then technology is just a byproduct of it, right? So I, I really do not want to automate anything that is not, not well streamlined first before I, we actually talk about technology solution. So that's what I see as a role of a CIO today that I play. A great overview and quite an expansive role uh, across the organization and inside and out. Uh, thank you so much for that overview. One of the things I find fascinating about your role, May, is that uh, you're based in Singapore. Your company is headquartered in St. Petersburg, Florida, where you're joining from today. Talk yeah. a bit about how you make that work, uh, being on, at times at least, uh, half a world away from the headquarters of the company uh, that, that you're a part of. Uh, talk a bit about uh, how you manage that, please. Yeah, sure. So within the IT team, I have about 1,700 employees. That's across worldwide. We talk about, you know, we operate out of 100 locations. So if you, if you can imagine, right, 35 countries, 30 countries. So one third of my employees are in America. That's a lot of where the COEs, the center of excellence, a lot of the key leaders are based right now. One third of the employees are in Asia. We also have another, you know, operation hubs of IT in Asia right now in Penang. And then one third of my resources are in Europe and Mexico. So if you really think about it, it is really a worldwide team that I have, right? So the team is made up of IT technicians that sits in the site supporting the day-to-day -day operations in the factory. Then I also have the BU leaders that represent IT and work very, very closely with the BU team. And then I also have my center of excellence, like what I talk about, who support the corporation, who support all the day-to-day you know, infrastructure, solutions, cyber, data, and AI. So in order to manage such a team and where I'm actually located in Singapore and the team is everywhere, right? So it really doesn't matter where I am. So I think the key thing is that the organization is intentionally made to be a very flat organization. And it's led by my six very capable direct reports who are empowered to make decisions and in turn make you know, they, they decide the work and they talk with their stakeholders directly. So my responsibility, as I say, is I need to set very clear direction to the team so that there's no confusion to the direction that we are heading to, right? And the leaders then have a very clear KPI 
and measurement of success that we actually work together. So I also make sure that I'm accessible to my team, irregardless of the location I'm in, right? So I, I don't really set up office hours. So I think I'm a true advocate of work-life integration, if you may say, right? So I wanted to make sure that, you know, we set up cadence. We have one-on-one -on -one meeting on a weekly basis. I have a team meeting on the weekly basis too. And then on a quarterly basis, all my 1,700 people will actually get together on a virtual town hall and we talk about, hey, what, what are the things that we are doing? What are the things that kept us excited? What are the things that we need to focus? So in a nutshell, that's how I actually engage with the team. I think the key element here is really to make sure that we build trust within the team. We partner as a team. And we actually ensure transparency within the team. So the three Cs, T's actually help us to actually get a long way. Again, a, a great overview and fascinating to, to see it's the sun never sets on your team, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, we, we do need to make sure that we actually kind of follow the sun, right? So yes. That's a very important element of it. Given yeah. how global your business is, naturally. You, I know, have pushed a, a major moderniz modernization agenda uh, within the technology function at Jable. And I wonder if you could talk a bit about what that's entailed, uh, as well as the value you've derived from that modernization. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the most talked about modernization that we had done previously, right? And we just completed in January of last year. And it's still something that's very dear to our heart, which is actually the, the migration and the modernization of our SAP landscape from the multiple version of SAP ECC to the S4 HANA suite of solution, right? And to a single instance. I think that's an important milestone. And as part of doing that, right, there's a few key things that we have done, right? We actually migrated from an old infrastructure, of what we call the RDBMS, right? The relation database to the HANA database. We migrated from on-prime to the cloud infrastructure. So those are important things that we've been doing. And we call this project the Project Symphony, right? Symphony, as you can see, it is an orchestration of many parties together, many stakeholders together, many vendors, SAP, to actually accomplish this goal itself or to finish this beautiful music itself. So that, that's a very important thing that we did, right? And then the other important thing is that the transition itself actually encompassed 124 sites across four major business segments, up to 40,000 active users, all at that one point in time. And we migrated from 67 terabyte of you know, data to 18 terabyte of HANA, right? So those are important milestones that we have accomplished. But most importantly, when we did the Big Bang migration, we actually did it very, very smoothly with no disruption to our business. Everything works as normal. There's glitches here and there, but we have full support from our full organization and everything gets shipped out timely, right? So there's no downtime and things like that. So that's part of a very, very important major milestone. But as a result, what I see is we really saw improved response to high utilization transaction time because of the migration itself to a different database. So the, the time to response actually becomes much faster. We also see a lot of speed up on inventory costing, right, by 20 times. We also reduce the transaction times from T-code to actually a more sophisticated infrastructure by about 50 to 60% time. 
And, you know, through doing this, right, we were able to provide a lot of, you know, lesson learned sharing with our suppliers to our customers that it also helped us to spin up a new business, right, where we can actually share our lesson learned to more of IT customers to more of the other organizations who are actually embarking on this journey. So today we are actually doing an IT advisory service today, sharing all that important lesson learned that we have done. Very interesting. I, and I wondered, I wondered, as you're just mentioning that, May, as I mentioned earlier, you have an unusually long tenure as chief information officer, over eight years now, uh, approaching nine, in fact. And I wonder, not that you would have known on day one that you would uh, be able to, to, to have such a long tenure, so perhaps it wasn't necessarily the way in which you managed, but I want to ask you a bit about the advantages of that longer tenure. In many ways, the work that you're doing, what you've just described and beyond, can be multi-years of work. It's an ongoing process. You never truly reach the conclusion of transformation. And by having a longer you know, time horizon in mind, uh, sometimes better decisions can be made as well that have a longer uh, sort of uh, value stream associated with it. Can you talk a bit about the advantages of, of the longer tenure you've been afforded uh, at, at Jabel? Definitely. So I think like what we mentioned earlier, right, the CIO has many facade of the role. So personally, I feel that with a longer tenureship, right, you're able to build relationship better with your business stakeholders. So you actually get to understand the business much more better. And you actually understand what are the key drivers that drive the business. So I think all these are important elements for us to be a very efficient and innovative CIO, right? Because like what I say, I am not a CIO that just sit behind the scene, actually do what the business stakeholders ask us to do. I think there's more than that to a CIO, right? Especially in this digitalization time. So the CIO do actually have a sit in the board table. I do actually talk to the board on a quarterly basis, right? I participate and I report directly to the CEO, which is a big game changer, right? And that didn't come in immediately when I actually take on the CIO role. You, you just need to earn your ranks and earn your reputation and care truly about the business so that, you know, business feel comfortable that they know you, they know that you are deliver, they know that you are passionate about the topic and they know that, hey, you really want to make things that are better for the organization. So I think for me, that really is a true benefit of being there in a much longer time, right? May, you've also, you, you began to allude uh, uh, just a short while ago to some of the major transformation you've also brought into place, uh, transforming IT to become a smart, cognitive, and digitized organization, as you put it, aligned to Industry 4.0 technology. Talk a bit about what that's entailed. Uh, what have you introduced uh, that has allowed the organization to become smart, cognitive, and digitized? I think it all starts with understanding what's the business vision, right? and relating that business vision to IT vision, right? So, and then that for me actually entice to a few key things for the corporation. So for me, it is very clear that I need to actually deliver what the customer want and what the business actually cares about. So I can't actually put it into four buckets that I'm working on, right? So I call it the big place. So number one is really, you know, putting in, IT solution and digitalization solution to actually ensure that our business and suppliers are engaged in a more efficient 
an effective and creative way, right? So that's initiative that I, I'm doing that works on a customer collaboration. There's application that I created to actually help in inducing more procurement intelligence, right? We are also setting portals to actually ensure that we ensure a full visibility of supply chain digitalization and supply chain visibility. So that's one, one pillar. And the second pillar that I talk about is really for the factory, right? So in the factory itself, and what really what really we care about is, you know, the factory needs to always be running very efficiently. The operation needs to actually be empowered to actually make decision on the fly, right? So one thing that we do is actually adding and infusing data and AI into the factory, right? So I call it let data speak, let data act, right? So creating a data foundation for the factory and even for the organization and help to actually, you know, introduce technology that actually helps the operator to know how to use the data effectively. And the other part of it is AI, right? Artificial intelligence and ML. We, we build up three key building blocks on what really matter most to Jaybo, right? So for us as manufacturing company, we know that many times we are actually embedded into, you know, needing for computer vision solutions. So we have successfully actually introduced quite a few of the, what I call the POV into the factory, actually using computer vision, AI technology, machine learning to actually augment how we actually do inspection. So that's pretty cool. Right. We are also looking at how we can actually use advanced analytics to actually do better prediction, to actually relate quality to the output and actually understanding what are some of the key design parameters that will actually help to improve quality of the products. So that's second buckets of what we work on. And then the third one is really, you know, with this whole generative AI creating a lot of attention, and focus for everybody. We are also, you know, understanding how we can actually start to introduce the generative AI for the organization so that, you know, more tested information within the organization can be actually, actually make use of. So those are some of the things that we, we do. So that's what I call the second buckets. The third bucket is really the innovation that matters, right? For me, I, I always tell my team, Although we like technology very much, although that's a lot of cool stuff that's happening in the space right now, but I think we need to actually be, stay very focused on doing innovation that matters, that matters to our manufacturing industry, that matters to our customer, that matters to Jable, right? So we are not a software house. So we wanted to make sure that innovation that we bring in should actually apply to the business. And those are the things that we are talking about in terms of data, in terms of infusing AI ML into the business processes and actually making the process actually much more efficient. So in a nutshell, those are some of the digitalization effort and not to forget, right? So personally for me, I feel very passionate about sustainability, right? So it is a hot topic for everybody, but I'm actually looking more into, you know, what are the things that as CIO I can do to actually really help influence, right? Sustainability from IT itself and sustainability for the organization with IT. So that's another big focus area that I'm looking at right now. Can I also ask, May, uh, fascinating answers. And as a lot of what you're describing is kind of, translating the art of the possible uh, from innovation that's happening, you know, in a variety of different tech segments. 
How do you think about um, doing some of that testing yourself to understand the art of the possible? You mentioned, for example, generative AI, which is uh, only, you know, we're, we're within six months of the introduction yeah. of ChatGPT. Is it sort of like assigning a portion of your team to kind of play around with a new technology and determine its applicability and where value can be derived? Are there certain ways in which you you develop your insights to be able to then take to the broader organization? Right. That's a very good question, right? So within the team, we actually kind of organize the team. Remember, I talk about the center of excellence, right? The center of excellence includes the day-to-day things that IT usually do. But I also have a center of excellence, which I call it the digital transformation center of excellence. So this team, together with the enterprise architects, will actually go out to actually understand the market, to actually talk to vendors, to actually, you know, work with the business stakeholders to actually do POCs or you know, research and development and actually see what, what are the cool technology that's applicable to JPO, right, that we can actually bring on board. So that is a team dedicated to doing that. But I think what's more important is, honestly, many people are actually very smart IT user right now, right? So having just one team, uh, IT team is not good enough. So what I try to do is to actually embrace and work very collaboratively with the business, right, be it from the operation team, the engineering team, or, you know, even the BUT, many people have a lot of good ideas and they are the one that face the business and face the real problem on a day-to-day basis. So we set up what we call the Data AI Council, for example, embracing all the functions, functional senior directors or executives to be in the council that we talk about this transformation and data AI journey together. What's our vision? What's the policy that we need to set up? What's the technology? What's the model that we all wanted to use collect collectively and collaboratively? So I think that's the more powerful part, right? It's not just one team within IT, but we tap on everybody, right? Who, who is actually able to make decision and actually help to influence that. Very interesting the, the, how thoughtful that is. And also the fact that you draw in uh, people from across the organization such that it's not just an IT a set of undertakings, but really a company-wide one as well. May, we've talked about a number of uh, important trends. You know, are there any that we've missed? Any others that sort of excite you as you look to the future? Oh, there are many things, Peter. <laughs> so like what I say, I think we are in this time that there's many, many things that excite us in the market, right? So I think one thing is definitely on AI advancement, right? So we talk quite a lot about AI advancement, like natural, natural language processing, right? Computer vision, machine learning, all these are important things that I think it will actually change the industry. It will actually help to reshape the industry. So that excites me. And I, I continue to actually be on a lookout for that. The other part of, of the trend is really the IoT devices, right? So there are a lot of possibility with IoT devices. Even when you talk about Raspberry Pi, not many people think about Raspberry Pi, but if you think about the possibility of Raspberry Pi, I think there's a lot of potential, right? So internally, we have actually started using Raspberry Pi very, very widely within the, the factory floor, right? We have even, you know, integrate and harden our own Raspberry Pi environment for the organization. And we have actually also introduced AI algorithm and loaded on the Raspberry Pi with smart cameras so that all this actually kind of package as a, a unique solution that we can actually deploy very quickly and give it to, to the factory to use that. So that's another part of what we look at. And we also talk about big data, the possibility of analytics, big data. So we continue to actually focus on that. And then 
while we are actually being excited about all this thing, it's important that, hey, we, we need to actually ensure that we have a robust data security measures and privacy regulation that actually help us to govern that, right? So, and then last but not least, this shift in sustainability, the focus that we need to put on sustainability. So I, I think at, at a nutshell, those are the things that really interest me right now in terms of the trends. Yeah, great, great, uh, great items articulated. I also wanted to ask you, May, as somebody who's reached uh, a role of great consequence as the, as the Chief Information Officer now for some time, as we've noted uh, at Jabil, what have been some of the secrets to your success? Uh, what have been the difference makers along the way for you uh, on your ascent to this post? Yeah, so I can't actually have this mandate that I actually can't share with my team, right? And I call it the five C's, right? So it is a big cornerstone to actually enable the team to actually move forward and continue to innovate. So the first C starts with, you know, being the change agent, right? So the CIO and the IT team, we act like a salesperson. Sometimes I feel that, hey, I'm going out to, when I talk to the, the folks in the factory, when I talk to the operator in the factory, when I talk to the ops manager, I'm trying to sell my solution, right? So I really feel that I'm a salesman, but that's okay. So when I'm interested, when I'm passionate, and when I'm vested, they can really see that I'm trying to make the change. So that's very important as a first seat, right? Being a change agent. The second one, like what we talk about is really collaboration, right? So transformation and innovation is about embracing everybody and making sure that first of all, they need to actually embrace the change. But secondly, they need to be feeling that they are part of the change together. So collaboration is actually a very big part of it. I can't do it by myself. So let's leverage the partners, the vendors, the business owners, right? The stakeholders to actually do it together. The third C, I think one thing that we cannot actually miss is really be very customer focused, right? Know exactly what is the business problem that the organization is facing and what do we want to solve? I think that's key. The fourth one is really communication. Communicate, right? Communicate not only to the IT team, make sure there's no confusion, direction is clear. Communicate to, to the business team, to the organization, to our customers to make sure that we communicate and communicate and over-communicate so that the, the team actually know what the business value is and we can actually be embracing it and work on it together. The last part is really on community of practice, right? Create a community of practice where people actually talk about it, engage, continue to stay curious, continue to learn, right? Continue to actually innovate. So those are the five C's that I, I really think it is helpful for me as a guiding principle. Fantastically articulated, e easy to remember, uh, but and yet powerful in, in the way that you've described them as well. I can understand why those would be very meaningful for you and, and now uh, uh, translated to your team as well as, as a way to operate. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Mayop, thank you for a, a great conversation across the entire time we've had together here. It's been wonderful to learn more about the complex organization that you lead around the world, the global team that you have. Uh, and, and the, the remarkable work that, uh, of transformation that you've been guiding. I, I appreciate uh, the great conversation that we've had together. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for your time. <laughs>